another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of the Crown against Doherty, and the citation for this case is 2016 UKSC 62. The actual criminal law case against Doherty was pretty open and closed. In July 2012, Sean Doherty attacked his friend in an unprovoked attack. Another friend tried to intervene and was also injured in the process. Doherty was convicted of serious violent offences in November of that year, but importantly for the purposes of this case, because of the violent nature of the attacks and the apparent risk to the public of future harm, Doherty was classified as a dangerous offender. Under the Criminal Justice Act 2003, there was the possibility of an indeterminate sentence of Imprisonment for Public Protection, or IPP, as it is more commonly known. This basically allows the judge to specify a minimum amount of time that has to be served before a prisoner can be considered for parole. Even after this amount of time, though, it doesn't necessarily mean that the prisoner is going to be released, and that's why the sentence is indeterminate in nature. Doherty himself was sentenced to an IPP of five years and four months. The problems arise in this case when we note that a new sentencing regime was brought into force on the 3rd of December 2012 via the Legal Aid Sentencing and Punishment of Offenders Act 2012, or LASPO, and this act essentially abolished IPP. Doherty was convicted in November 2012 and sentenced on the 20th of December 2012. And so the question was, which regime should apply? Remember that the abolishment of IPP was on the 3rd of December 2012, and so those two dates fall either side of that turning point. Fortunately, the government's commencement order did consider this possibility and stated that IPP would still be available for anyone convicted but not sentenced, as was the case for Doherty. However, he argued that this part of the order was unlawful for three main reasons. Firstly, there was an argument based on the principle of lex mitior, which basically states that a person should benefit from the lighter sentence when there has been a change in the law. And this principle operates in the UK via Article 7 of the European Convention on Human Rights which states there shall be no punishment without law. Secondly, given that the purpose of the legislation was to remove IPP, the same piece of legislation cannot preserve that regime. Thirdly and finally, Doherty's argument was that there was discrimination under Article 14 of the European Convention on Human Rights between Doherty on the one hand and any person convicted after the coming into force date on the other hand. In this case, the Supreme Court rejected all of these arguments put forward by Doherty, and we can now look at why they did so. In the first instance, the Supreme Court did note that the principle of lex mitior is certainly a part of the European human rights jurisprudence because of the case of Scopola and Italy No. 2 from 2010. However, this does not mean that the courts are required to look at all of the sentencing provisions between conviction and sentencing in order to work out which is more favourable for the prisoner. Indeed, the English practice of sentencing on the basis of the regime in place when the offence was committed does not contradict lex mitior subject only to certain exceptions that don't apply in this case. 
If we remember, the second argument put forward by Doherty revolved around the transition from IPP to the new regime, known as extended determinate sentence. Doherty basically argued that if the Legal Aid Sentencing and Punishment of Offenders Act 2012 was removing IPP, then it would be contradictory for that same law to preserve it. This might make technical or logical sense, but the Supreme Court pointed out that it made complete sense to have a transitional period between the two sentencing regimes. Finally, the court was also very quick to dismiss the arguments made by Doherty surrounding discrimination as simply being subject to a different sentencing regime compared to another prisoner is unlikely to be sufficient as a status for Article 14. However, the court said, even if it could, then such discrimination could easily be justified. Overall, I think we have to say from a legal point of view that this decision makes a lot of sense. To a great extent, the arguments put forward by Doherty were shown to be contradictory, and it is important that when new government programmes are introduced, there should be a transitional period. Nevertheless, I think we should be wary of being too accepting of this judgment from a social justice standpoint. Indeterminate prison sentences were unsurprisingly controversial for the decade or so in which they were in place. There is something about the idea of being sent to jail for an indeterminate period of time that goes against our sense of natural justice. Indeed, it sounds like something from North Korea or the novels of Franz Kafka, not a liberal Western democracy such as the UK. I believe and would argue that our notion of criminal justice is based on the idea of doing your time or repaying your debt to society. But IPP went against that principle by failing to establish a clear sentence that the prisoner is aware of. This raises serious human rights questions and also has a seriously negative impact on the rehabilitation of offenders. So it is good that the Conservative Lib Dem coalition abandoned it in 2012. But that does not change the fact that there remain thousands of prisoners currently serving an IPP, even in 2017, who do not know when they will be released. When we combine this fact with the major backlog in parole board hearings, it's no surprise that the prison service is in crisis, with overcrowding being a major contributing factor. Maybe the conviction of Doherty to an IPP was legally correct in these circumstances, but it is yet another man who finds himself subject to this backward sentencing regime and has little to look forward to beyond a life behind bars. Well, that's all from me this week. Remember to leave a review on iTunes if you do get the chance. You can check me out on Twitter. I'm at Marcus Cleaver. I'm also on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Marcus Cleaver. And all that remains to be said is that I look forward to speaking to you next week, hoping to get the Brexit judgment at some point soon, and I'll definitely report on that as soon as it comes out. All right, bye.